Hello and welcome into the next episode of Phoenix Breathwork, the podcast Breathe to Rise. I am so excited to have here with me today a wonderful guest who is not only a good friend, but the person who introduced me to breathwork. So I would love to welcome in Philippa Wilkin. Hi, Phil. So good to have you here. Hello. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We've talked about doing podcasts for so long. Um, and I know I started out by doing those Instagram lives a couple of years ago, but it's so wonderful to have you here um, to share all your wisdom, your magic and what you do, particularly around the breath. So um, Philippa and I have known each other now for, it's got to be at least seven years, Phil. No, eight years, I think, um, where we met, we met in London, but through contacts in Brazil. In fact, I'm going to hand it over to you first, just to introduce yourself <laughs> to everybody and let everyone know what it is that you do and um, yeah, where you're based. Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's lovely to be here. Um, it always amazes me where these journeys take us. <laughs> mm, yep. Um, and I think it was 2015 that we met in London, late 2015, my mm -hmm. suspicion, which is coming up nine years. Yes, eight I know. Eight and a half years, something like that, which is crazy to think about. Um, <clears throat> so I'm Philippa Wilkin. Um, we were having this conversation before, right? How do I introduce myself? How do you introduce me? I don't even know. Who you know? am I? What Who I am doing? I? What am I doing here? <laughs> um, I guess you could say I'm a breathwork facilitator. I'm a coach. I'm an ex-insurance professional, corporate person. I'm a human. I think that's the thing above everything. Um, and I guess my passions and my real enjoyment for life come out of really understanding human behavior, um, why we do what we do, how we can change what we do, how we can overcome our limitations, how we can change our life, right? And how ultimately we can live in alignment with our own soul, with our own values and with our own um, desires and our own heart rather than what is happening in the world. So how I describe myself, I help people reconnect with their soul and figure out you know what's in there and what they want to do with it <laughs> and now where they want to go and I just really facilitate I guess that process and support people in that process as well as being on that journey myself so mm, that's the so short answer beautiful. yeah but so beautiful and so true because it's interesting when we do have to say you know what we do it doesn't yeah. define who we are and who we are doesn't define what we do it's like okay well like, I love that you say I'm human, you know, you are, and you're having an experience here and you're sharing your experiences. So that's really powerful, I think, because it helps us to connect to each other and know that, you know, essentially we are all the same here, yeah. having an experience, trying to get through and, you know, help each other out along the way. Trying to figure what this is all about. What is life about? What is this all about? <laughs> Where do we start, Phil? <laughs> Where do we start? I think because we live in a very materialistic world these days, mm. don't we? And we get born into this environment, and particularly in the West, where we very quickly learn what has value, what doesn't have value according to society's standards. And I think probably anybody tuning into this podcast or connecting with either of us at, at different times has to an extent begun to, to question that, to question the moral or value or societal values, to, to question what people believe is important, what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing, how to live as a human in a very, very structured society. So unraveling that and finding your own path through to back towards ultimately your real self I think can be a really big challenge for so many people because not many people out there are doing it mm, yeah in a real true authentic like deep deep sense right yeah 
and that's not a judgment about anybody that's maybe dabbling on the surface it's just if you're tuning in probably nodding your head as as we're saying this right as we've had these conversations through the last few years like it's a whole other world living and breathing what we do is a whole another experience of life and it can sometimes feel quite lonely yeah and it's why it's important that we have these conversations about these tools and practices and community yes absolutely that really help community and connection because what you talk about being lonely and what we are maybe taught by society and stuff it is an unlearning so you talk about an unraveling it's an unlearning of what we have been told or what we've been exposed to and what we thought we should be doing and how life should look and you know following it's from a young age it's instilled in us right you go to school and then you'll go to college or you'll get a job and then you get married and then you settle down and you have babies and do whatever da, da, da. and then it's like there could be a yearning within you for something else when something doesn't feel quite right and you know that sense of almost I want more or this isn't satisfying me and when that happens and sometimes we can because to go against the grain, to make these changes takes courage. And like you said, it can feel lonely and isolating because you could be the only person that wants to make that change and others will direct their judgment at you because they will have a fear of being different. They're projecting onto you. Like this is getting quite deep already, but it's like, <laughs> that's how we roll, Jess. How this we is roll. how we roll. We get straight into it, don't we? And it's like, um, we then have a choice to make at that point, I guess. Whereas like, do we go ahead and make those changes? Do we start to unlearn, unlock, unleash, or do we numb that? And that's where we start to get access to things like cigarettes, maybe alcohol, drugs, chocolate, food, you know, TV, whatever it is, shopping. Yeah, absolutely. Just do we start to maybe indulge a bit more in certain things that make us feel good to get that quick dopamine hit and repress that feeling of oh I want something different something's missing I want something more or do we choose to go into that feeling and feel really uncomfortable for a little while and maybe not even a little while for a long while maybe and then start to reap the benefits of that discomfort totally totally and I feel like that is the precipice that so many people kind of consider and stand upon for perhaps a long time Mm. right in terms of my maybe just share a little bit about my background because ours are similar in some way right we we had that corporate background and then we made a choice to leave and that was a feeling that I was having for probably a number of years if not a lot of my 20s about is this job for me where do I want to be Oh, well, you know, it pays good money, so I should be here. But is this really where my heart wants to be? And you know, go around in this perpetual cycle. And I I got to a place in my life where to the outside world, things looked very successful. I had a very successful, well-paid city job. You know, I had a relate I was in a relationship for long term. I had all, all the things to the external world that would indicate success and happiness and in quotes and the truth was very very different on the inside there was a numbness there was a gaping hole of some description that was or a void that was there underneath the surface that I was in complete denial and unawareness of and to some extent probably terrified of Mm, if if I'm not all of these things that are on the outside and my job and my career and my romantic relationship and everything else and I take all of that away and I learn something new a different career or move to a different place that was almost incomprehensible really to me at at that time right so whether it's food whether it's having a drink you know a glass of wine or five a night um whether it's shopping addiction whether it's just avoidance and numbing out generally the fingers in the ears and la 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 this is fine carry on carry on carry on on the treadmill 
eventually my feeling is we get to the point where our courage is greater than our fear. Our desire for something new is driving us more um, and and perhaps the pain of staying in the same place Mm. is getting bigger. Yeah. But the pain of staying still is more terrifying to us. Yeah. It's like that saying, the universe will make you so uncomfortable where you are that you have to make a change. Yeah. Right? You're forced to make that change almost. Yeah. Yeah. Move, yeah. you're not a rock, I think is the Move, thing. You're I don't not know a where, rock. where it's coming <laughs> from, but essentially that's my be my experience of life is that when we do shut down, and this is, you know, the, the beautiful gift of breath work that I think we both share and, and many of our other friends and, and colleagues share is that when we do shut down, um, our breath also shuts down, we physiologically shut down, mm. our emotions shut down. Mm. And we end up, you know, we're in denial of the things that we don't want to feel, but we're also in denial of the things that, or the possibilities and the potentials for our life for the good things to come into our life, for the more aligned things to come into our life. Mm. And so move, you're not a rock, is the universe's way of attempting to get us to open up to life. Yeah. But we're usually so terrified of that. Yeah. Because it's it's new. It's like, it's not what we know. And wherever we are, however uncomfortable that may seem at the time it's more comfortable than what's on the other side of that because that's the unknown and that's scary and it's like no I'm just going to stay here because this is what I know right I'm going to be a gray rock I know gray (laughs) I like gray gray doesn't stick out in the world gray you know it's quite hard it's quite tough it's fairly uniform I can mold I can I can um fit in with a bunch of gravel or in a forest or in a car park all of these places I can fit into and I feel like I'm in control as well of this environment where I am because this is what I know so I feel like I can control it if you make me move then I can't control what's going to happen it's going to be new it's going to be scary I I don't know I don't know what's on the other side and that can bring up all of that emotion that I guess is like sitting within us in that rock yeah and that rock might you know that the rock might start moving and it might start rolling down the hill and now we've picked up a bit too much momentum and we're like ah okay yeah yeah i think we both experiences come from i know but we're going with it phil we're going with it because i think we can both relate to that like it's happened to me not only when i share my story about when leaving corporate and going to brazil finding breath work but it has happened to me since then and as well like there was a period during covid and i've not really talked about this but um i was made so uncomfortable in my situation that i had to leave and actually at the time it felt like the worst thing that was happening to me but on reflection it was the best thing and it's what i needed because i had got too comfortable in that situation and i wasn't progressing and this is what i needed to launch me out of that so it is what you're saying. It's like getting to the point where we will choose to, I guess, remain where we are and be uncomfortable or the, no, the discomfort will get too much that we're forced to make a change. Right. Yeah. And we have to do that. And I just wanted to highlight as well, when we talk about um, using other modalities to make ourselves feel better, like the drinking alcohol, the food, the shopping, like there is no judgment here. And I know that many of us do that. There is no judgment if you feel like you need to have a glass of wine after work or um, if you like go and buy something from the shops to make yourself feel better. But it's understanding what your intention is behind that and knowing, am I doing this to compensate for something else? Or am I doing this because I'm enjoying it? Like, is this what I want to be doing at this time? Or is this a need to make me feel something else? Totally, totally. And I share the same sentiment. I talk about these things because I've been there and I've done it. Yeah. You know, when I'm not sitting here, neither are you on our high horse saying, oh, you should do this. You shouldn't do that. No, not <laughs> yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> since I've been on this journey, just to be transparent, the, the big challenge for me has actually been around food, mm. which is something I've never, I wouldn't have said in my life had much of an issue with. Uh, there have been definitely been dysfunctional patterns around there. But it's not really something that crossed my mind. But since I have embraced more my human side and my emotional side and really embraced the 
the form of emotional healing that I do <clears throat> and having removed things like alcohol and any other kind of stimulants to the, to a great degree mainly because coffee makes me go like bouncing off the walls and things mm-hmm. like that it does I've seen that <laughs> but I've I've found that the dysfunction or the the underlying reasons that I was going to those things yeah begin to play out in other areas and what I mean by that is you remove one addiction or one kind of crutch and if you don't deal with the underlying reason is you're saying what is the underlying intention with this is it because I genuinely enjoy it in this moment and I want it for that purpose or is it because it helps me to feel calmer it helps to kind of calm my system down it helps me to avoid certain things and there is a very very big distinction and a level of honesty required internally to distinguish those two things but this is what I've found my my go-to has been food because I've removed all of those other things mm. right and it's almost like the thing that's socially acceptable mm-hmm. oh, I have a chocolate bar and have some whatever it is right yeah. again no judgment around that but we know that there are certain um, additives and chemicals that have a respective um, impact on our physiology mm-hmm. you know sugar I find helps to kind of numb me out a little bit yeah you know, ca- caffeine can help me get over my fear so as you say it's not about having judgment about these things it's just being really conscious and aware like oh what's going on here yeah I like observing it and then starting to delve deeper into that. Okay. So okay. how is this serving me? What what's the reason behind this? And how is it actually making me feel? And starting to yeah. unpack that. And uh, like you said, that there, there can be a lot of emotions that we are carrying around that. And when we start to to understand maybe why we're making certain choices or certain decisions, there can be some heavy emotions around that too. Cause okay. I know from my personal experience, there's been a lot of guilt but a lot of shame you know oh I can't admit this because I'm going to be judged this is bad and you know I should have done better or whatever it was because yeah alcohol was definitely one of the things I would turn to when I wasn't like not able to cope with my stress like in my corporate life it would guaranteed I'd be having a drink or two after work and I realized that that was only serving me to distract from everything else and when I look back I'm like oh gosh that's quite shameful and I had to forgive myself but understand what was really going on there and so there is a lot to unpack sometimes isn't there loads loads so much one of the quotes that I really like from Dr Gabor Mate who Mm. I know you're familiar with as well yes he's big in the trauma healing space uh, very very generous man with his Uh, works and books don't look at what's wrong with the addiction look at what's right with it Mm. and when we do that we have some compassion for what is going on because that addiction or what that compulsion or that temptation or whatever it is is serving a purpose for us somehow Mm. it's giving us something So once we can understand what it's giving us and what in that process we are seeking to avoid, we can begin to address the root causes. And let's be honest, the vast majority of us were not taught how to live in a world as a feeling, emotional being. Yeah. So true. Like, how do you regulate your emotions? What do I do when I have these big feelings? Right. You know, are, are we ever taught? No. Often, quite often not. And our parents weren't taught and their parents weren't taught. So if we're a very sensitive person, as again, probably if you're listening to this, you probably are. At, at some point you have this, or you have, and I believe we all have the capacity to have this sensitivity. We have this sense that, we are meant to be in this way. We are meant to be feeling beings, right? The whole range of emotion. But because of our life experience and often our childhood, whether our parents and whether our schooling system and whether other people in our environments support that or not makes a fundamental difference in the way that we see ourselves, the way we see the world and the way that we deal with our emotional lives. 
because we can set up such huge amount of judgment if that was what we were what we were shown in our family environment you know mm -hmm. don't cry don't laugh don't get angry don't and either there was there was some physical emotional reaction going on in our family that taught us at a very early age that this is not acceptable and we don't do this and we avoid our emotions at all cost so when we start to um, unravel and inquire and get conscious about what we're doing it can be quite confronting yeah when a big emotion comes up or even a mild or small emotion comes up right oh what do i do with it panic 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 mm -hmm. <gasps> because we're not used to it yeah so let's let's go into that a little bit yeah. that's like <laughs> if anyone can relate to that which I'm sure people can it's like what do you do then what how do we do that how do we start to regulate our emotions what do we do with those feelings good question, good question. And, it, and how can maybe our breath support us because yeah. that's the one thing I've learned during my journey and I'm still learning is like the breath and when you talk about these big emotions and you did you did it there when you were describing it and playing it out and it's like like we hold it in like take that breath hold it in tense the body hold that emotion in hold that breath in because yeah. it's like whoa this is too big I, can't, I don't know what to do with it and I don't want to feel it totally totally so being hmm. able to let go of that <laughs> so one thing I would say and for me in my journey this has been even more important than the breath the breath is a physiological thing right it's happening and we get to choose to do it or not okay <clears throat> so the biggest thing is our intention really and our desire what direction is our will in mm -hmm. are we wanting to avoid the feeling at all costs or are we now open to perhaps exploring what this might be? Mm -hmm. Because if we're always stuck in the direction of avoiding everything and being completely shut down, it's going to be very difficult for us to do the, the next thing that I'm going to suggest. So we ha I think that's the first thing I've learned is to really be human, to really follow our own heart and soul. We need to come to an opening and awareness of, of it's something that we want it's something that we want and sometimes that happens through a big experience that forces our hand but I don't believe it has to get to that point I believe we can in any given moment choose to do something differently choose a different route different awareness choose to feel something so <clears throat> The breath, as you were saying, the breath is then a huge and valuable tool for just almost taking a pause. Something's coming to the surface. Do I have a split second before I even, you know, distract myself or take myself off to recognize that? Mm -hmm. right? We're not even getting in the sitting in it and feeling it and all the other kind of stuff, right? That that's it's almost for me a bit further down the line of. Can I just take a moment to acknowledge that something is happening? Can I even catch myself that something is happening before I've skipped out of it? Because we are so conditioned to automatically skip out of what we're feeling. Mm. Of starting to recognize, oh, there's, I've had this with me, for example, before I know it, I've got a chocolate bar or whatever in my mouth. And I'm thinking, how, how did that happen? How did I get there? And there was something a little bit before that moment that triggered something that triggered me to do this, right? And it was automatic. Yeah, because it's so unconscious. It's it's maybe something that's been there for a while. Yeah, or a whole life maybe. Yeah. Right? So it's that, it's the skipping out. So this is like the first part, just becoming to like, oh, how did I get here eating this chocolate bar? Something must have happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the longer that we can uh, bring that awareness and the more times we can bring that awareness, we start to become more self-aware rather than in autopilot. Yeah. The zombie mode, as I call it. If you're, if you're just listening to this, I've got my arms out looking like a zombie. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> looking a bit ridiculous. But the majority of the world, I feel like, are in this zombie mode in that we're very kind of numbed out. I used to be one. I can be one still. Um, so finding that awareness, that pause before we skip out into something else and <clears throat> taking a deep breath, like one single deep breath. Oh, okay. How am I feeling? Oh, don't really know. That being honest. Oh, I feel a bit mm, heavy. I feel a bit, mm, and this is just an internal dialogue, right? It's the beginning of a curiosity about ourselves and where we're at. Mm. And just to, for anyone who's listening, who's who's maybe wondering, you know, stop, pause, take this deep breath. What's happening when you take this deep breath? What's happening when you pause to breathe? What's gonna, What's that changing? Yeah. Or allowing everything, Jesse. Yeah, everything. <laughs> You're asking a loaded question. <laughs> this is why we're here. Let's <laughs> talk about it all. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the breath and the emotions are directly connected. Mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> as you know. <laughs> yeah. And so when we when we make that choice to avoid something, to avoid a feeling that's arising, often we inadvertently and unconsciously are holding on to our breath we mm -hmm. hold our breath we pause it might be we're busy at work and we're writing emails we're kind of hunched over our desk and we get this angry email from the boss and all of a sudden or a deadline or whatever it is and we kind of in this kind of shock response and we often stop breathing mm -hmm. it may be that we're feeling upset and we feel the need to cry but we feel embarrassed with the people that we're with and so we hold our breath to hold those tears back. And in these kinds of situ situations, and the same goes for our positive, or what we perceive as our positive emotions, like joy and exuberance and laughter, right? We also hold those in and we use our breath to suppress that. Right. Process yeah. two is that we end up holding on to the natural expression of our being. We're bottling ourselves up. Just, just casually, just holding on to the natural expression of our being. Can I just repeat that? Because it's so true and you just casually dropped it in. Because we are. It's like, it is your true expression of self. Yeah. You are holding that in. You're restricting yourself yeah. in some way, right? Totally. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, but it's so true. It's so true. We... We are constantly on a hypervigilant alert for doing the wrong thing, being the wrong way, expressing ourselves badly or wrongly or whatever the hell that means. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And we're so terrified. Of consequences? Of Often what? We, we don't even know yeah, what right? we're terrified of. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it could be judgment. It could be whatever. Yeah. It's often so deeply ingrained and buried and it does go back. I mean, you and I talk about this all the time, but we can't avoid that where the majority of this stuff comes from is our childhood. Yeah. And if we're not prepared to look at our childhood, it's going to be difficult for us to get free. For me, this work is all about getting free. It's about having choice. It's about having agency. It's about having sovereignty. And when I say this work, I mean, whether it's breath work, just this devotion and dedication to your own spiritual journey and your own awakening. I don't use that word very often, but this awareness of self, right? And this compassion yeah. and love for self and seeing and knowing who you really are beyond the masks and the expectations and the grades and the profession and the role you have in family. It's like, who is Jesse? Yes. Who is Philippa? Who is this person that is listening to us right now? Yes. And this is it. Thank you so much. I love all of this that you're saying, because that's what it's about. It is about coming back to self, loving self, accepting self, knowing self. Yeah. That's essentially what we're all trying to do. <laughs> yeah. In my, in my opinion, that is, but it's like, <laughs> yeah and, and it's it, confusing as hell right at yeah. times 
it's confusing as hell and it is challenging and disruptive but so rewarding at the same time because if you can start to unlock and understand and like you said release and be free then that is your power like to be able to truly connect to yourself and show up as yourself and be yourself in an unrestricted way like that is the greatest gift totally and it's like, how do we get there? Right, Phil, that's the next question. How do we get there? <laughs> how do we get there? We'll get a step-by-step instructions, please. How do we get there? And then um, we do this. <laughs> and as I said, I, not I'm, linear, right? <laughs> it's not linear. And I'm and I'm very much on this path, as we all are. Um and the reason I say it's confusing because if I can share this the concept of the egg that I think I've shared with you before, which comes from Mm. one of the teachings that I've been involved in, um, which is called divine truth. And it's this concept of an egg, which is we have the middle of our egg. It's our real self. That is the beauty, the innocence, the childlike curiosity, the creativity, the wonder of this incredible, incredible soul that is you that is me, that is every single person on the planet and in the universe. And then we have our life experience. And that might be all of our intergenerational trauma, the things from our ancestors unresolved. It might be things from our parents directly. It might be things in our environment that we experience and witness growing up. It's our family of origin often. It can be our school. And this contributes to this egg white of drama and trauma and all of the things that we pick up along the way that cloud the real us in the in the egg yolk, so to speak. And then we have the eggshell, the face we show to the world. And this is what we've learned through our life we need to be to survive and not even thrive but usually to survive Mm -hmm. we need to perhaps please people we need to be quiet we need to achieve we need whatever these things are we need to be seen as having everything put together and it's you could describe it as our ego as well right it needs to be right it needs to know and so we have all of these layers going on within us and the the real self is right in the center of that egg and oftentimes the center of that egg has had our real self has had very little opportunity to grow and develop and to express itself we might have had little bits and pieces of creativity or art or following our passions whatever those things are and if we have that's great but often we get so consumed with the way that the world wants us to be. And we follow that narrative. We create that narrative. Mm-hmm. That when we start breaking these things down, which for me, two things that have been powerful in my own journey. And the first that I came across was breathwork, absolutely. And the second thing was prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't necessarily mean if anybody's listening to this in a religious context. Uh, I don't have a religious upbringing or background, but for me, that is a pure longing and desire from your heart for something Mm. right for change for a shift for transformation those are the things that can crack through the eggshell breathwork prayer crack through the eggshell the eggshell can leave or break down over time the egg white can leave and break down over time and we can begin to develop and discover what is really in the middle and the reason this uh, process, life experience can be challenging and confusing is because these two things are happening simultaneously. We're developing and growing the middle part as we get more exposure to that, right? Our real goodness and our real true self. That's still like a little baby, really, in its development. 
And at the same time, all of these other layers, the drama and the trauma and this this thing that we've built to protect ourselves from the world also is being destroyed. It's being deconstructed. And in that area, there is also a lot of pain. There is grief. There is fear. There is shame, as you mentioned earlier. There are lots and lots of different emotions stored up over years because that true essence wasn't allowed, right? We put it in a jar. Because those energetic emotional experiences weren't allowed, like they would be if you saw a child naturally fall over, bump them, bump themselves, cry, release the pain, the next minute they are up running again. So <clears throat> that for me is why the process can be confusing. But if we have something where we can come back to, such as the breath, and or other practices, right? And find what works for you. This is the most important thing, as I'm sure you'll you'll agree, Jess, is that what works for somebody is not necessarily going to work for somebody else exactly. Yeah. yeah. This isn't a process of cookie cutter, like do what the person not on one the size internet fits tells all. you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It is about finding what works for you and what you connect with that's going to help you yeah so phil if there's someone listening or you know who's really resonating with what you're saying and um you know they might be in this right now and feeling some of the things that we've talked about you know what is your advice and guidance when they're on this journey you know we're all on our journey at different stages but if someone's starting to feel that you know, there's something else I need to be doing, that discomfort that they know something needs to change, yeah. right? What What would your advice be? Like, what should they do? The word that comes to mind is experiment. Mm, yeah. Because <clears throat> a lot of the time we don't really know what we want. And I know that is my own experience of leaving school I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't really have a very solid sense of self and direction. And the choices I made were, were dictated internally more by what do I think success looks like versus what is success for me? What is my desire? Who do I want to be? What do I want to be doing, studying, for example? And... <clears throat> I think it's really important to begin our own experimentation of what do we enjoy? What do we not enjoy? If you're thinking of changing career, for example, you might not have any, what would you, like in the insurance industry, I didn't really think what else would I do? I just left. Okay. That was my background of jumping, almost jumping ship. Well, I've done, I'm done with this. I don't want my boss's boss's job. I don't know what's next and I need to leave my entire life behind and similar to you, move to Brazil, right? I was in the program that we both did a bit before you and that's how we connected, right? Yeah. Um, not everybody needs to make those drastic choices. So one way you can just begin is, okay, experimenting. Well, what do I enjoy? I don't really know. Oh, maybe I'll go and do this class. Maybe I'll go and do that bit of work experience. Maybe I'll volunteer here. Maybe I'll speak to somebody in that field of work, for example, right? Mm -hmm. And start to get a feel, what is going on inside of me? Oh, it's, I like to think that, this, you know, this pull forward, this expansion, this feeling of upliftment, of energy, it's a good thing, right? So when we get that feedback, it's like, oh, actually, this feels quite good. I like this. Yeah. I like this. This feels yeah. fulfilling, yeah? And start, often we don't trust ourselves. We don't even trust ourselves to experiment. And we've been taught from a young age that everything we have to do has to be right. And you can't make a mistake and you can't change your mind. Mm being wrong is a terrible terrible thing yeah but unfortunately that leads to a bunch of perfectionists who are never willing to even try because what if we fail mm. whereas the true the people that do live fulfilling lives as i've discovered are the ones that experiment the most you look at the artists you look at the singers you look at the people going out there and doing something different and building a business empire whatever it is for you 
they've been willing to experiment and fail and get egg on their face and change their mind and be really, really emotionally challenged by things because they wanted to do something different. They wanted to do things their way and were prepared to see what that was and what that felt like rather than follow the cookie cutter approach. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Phil. Thank you so much. Honestly, when you're talking, I'm like, oh, that's kind of what I did. I know you said you can relate, right? We left our corporate jobs and moved to Brazil to work on a project, you know, even though like six months apart, but we still did that. And that's often what I say I was doing. I was like, just started living life again and rediscovering what my passions are and what I enjoy. Like I took a course in making shoes because I'm obsessed with shoes, right? And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make a career out of this, but I'm going to take a course in making shoes. I was going to dance classes. I was swimming in the ocean every day. I was, you know, connecting with people and giving back. And that's when I realized that actually I do want to work with people in a more dedicated way and want to retrain as a coach which led me to then connect with you, which led me to breath work, which led me to on and on and on and on, right? So it is just that trust in your heart and what feels good and trying different things. Because yeah, I did that shoe making course, which is brilliant, but I am not making shoes, trust me. (laughs) I've got all the equipment, but I'm not making them. I've made like five pairs ever, (laughs) But it's something that was brilliant and I enjoyed and I might do again, but it's, you know, just reconnecting with what makes you feel good and understanding that. So it is part of the process. I imagine you did much the same when you left, you were doing like exactly what you said, trying different things, right? Totally. And I can attest, Jessie has actually made shoes. I've seen them (laughs) in the physical, I've seen her wearing them. She at one point, I think, offered to make me a pair. I don't think that's materialized yet. (laughs) Oh my gosh, if my best mates are listening to this, I have promised them shoes every single time that course and they're still waiting. Now their kids are waiting as well. So it's like I think you should set up an Etsy after this, off the back of this podcast episode. And like, you know, put your money where your mouth is. De- Jesse definitely makes shoes. Hashtag passion projects. <laughs> There's a wait list now, so we'll see what comes out of that. Exclusive. <laughs> Exclusive. You heard it here first. I love that. <laughs> but it is and you know it is bringing that joy back because that's what I found is that when I was living in Brazil I was like I'd stopped having fun in life it had become so serious and I was in that routine and that stuck feeling so just start looking for that joy right and like when you're experimenting like you said look for that joy what's bringing you joy start creating that joy and it can be something from simple as Putting on a song and having a dance in your house by yourself, something that changes up your energy. And you do not have to do like Phil and I did, you know, throw in the job and move away and do that. It doesn't have to be that drastic, right? Start with hobbies, maybe just exploring, attend a class, like attend a program. You don't have to leave your current life. You can just make some few small adjustments to start adding that joy in and then listen to the feedback, feel the feedback and follow that and know that it's safe to follow your heart because we may have been instructed throughout our lives to do what's right, do the sensible thing, do the safe thing. But what if, what if you followed your heart, right? possibilities are endless totally the world is very upside down Mm. and those of us that do something different are often seen as maverick as outcast as rebellious as challenging as weird Mm -hmm. as difficult and I don't believe that's true for a minute I believe the wrong way around is that we should be experimenting we should be exploring we should be giving each other grace in the discovery of who we really are Mm. 
in the discovery process of that because of how society is that is a process because often we are bound by many things before we really have the recognition that we are so our becoming is also an undoing as i was talking about the egg earlier we we already have this weight on us often that we're then unpacking and it can feel arduous and it can feel heavy and the other the other word i was going to that came to mind really was community is having people and allowing people into your life that are kindred spirits that do have a more open mind perhaps that do support you on your journey because it can be quite lonely as we said yeah other yeah. people that get it mm -hmm. not and whether that's a therapist a breathwork facilitator a coach a minister you know priest who, whoever it is somebody that can relate to you whether that's in a professional capacity or just in a private personal capacity right allow yourself to receive that support allow yourself to have that connection most of us are so terrified and i you know include myself in this terrified of vulnerability terrified of really showing the world and other people who we are underneath all of the layers which most of us are scared terrified children <clears throat> but that is part of this opening and recognizing that this is part of being human yeah it is and coming back to knowing that it is part of our human experience totally totally yeah yeah owning accepting and it is important for us to connect and it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about talking about these kind of things in this way because you could say something that someone's like oh you too I feel that I'm not on my own right and it's one of the reasons that I believe we both do the work that we do is to create that space we've both got community spaces in which you can come into and connect with like-minded people because it is a lonely place to do when you're going against the grain so to speak and making changes and um I guess leaving behind all you've ever known or not leaving it behind but making changes and doing things differently um it's good to know that you have that support and you're not totally. on your own through that totally and I think that is another important point to recognize that the version of you that exists now today can't go where you want to go mm. and so there is inevitable grief there is a death in that process the death of part of who you thought you were or perhaps who other people thought you were yes that's huge as well Yes, because then they will put their thoughts and opinions and perceptions on top of you and maybe give that to you to live up to as well. It's like, it's not totally. who I am. That's not yeah. who I am. Stop it. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. But you've so always, we... but that's who you are. But that's what you like. But that's what you do. Yeah. No. You, you've changed. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. I'm not a rock. <laughs> not a rock. <laughs> that damn rock <laughs> i love it phil <laughs> it's so true though isn't it this is, and this is one of the other reasons that i feel people often get stuck from moving forward because of the dynamics that they're in because of maybe a relationship or family system or job or perceptions of the world about who they are this identity structure becomes so rigid and fixed that <clears throat> It's, it's quite an endeavour when you begin to break it down. If we're not comfortable dealing with grief, if we're not comfortable letting things go, we're desperately trying to be in control, it is going to create tension and friction for us. Because when we, if, if we want to move forward, we have to leave something behind. Yeah. 
an evolution of self. Totally. An evolution of self. You have to allow the letting go to welcome in the new, yeah. welcome in the change. Yeah. Yeah, so powerful, so beautiful. Honestly, Phil, I love our conversations. <laughs> I feel like we could just do like a whole podcast series on different topics. Like we totally. hours, but um, I have absolutely loved this conversation and everything we've uncovered and explored and shared. And I really want to make sure that people know like how they can contact you to work with you. If like you know, anyone is in this and wants to reach out. So how do you work with people? How do you support people? And how can they, they reach you? So good question. And I have loved this. Um, it's really yeah, been amazing. We never know what's going to come through, right? We just, never know. That's, we that's just work on vibe. And that's the amazing thing about it. Trust, so, we're trusting, right? <laughs> we trust, we trust that. Yeah, the message is the message. So <clears throat> I work with people one-to-one in person and online. Um, I'm based in the UK in Essex. I occasionally do sessions also in London. And I also, so a combination of, I guess I work with breath work, but I also work with coaching as well. I also do a little bit of um, corporate bits and pieces as well. And then if you want to find me, my website is breathworks, W-O-R-K-S, dot co <laughs> we'll, we'll share all of your links yep. in the notes as well so send them over we'll pop it all in the show notes and and probably instagram under my name um yeah. and just email me through my website but that's probably the, the main place that you'll find me i think that was what you asked me yeah yeah and go. um thank you like honestly it's, it's always such a uh, uh, a beautiful way for us to be on this journey together because you know you've been a big part of my journey since I discovered breathwork and we've had many many of these conversations it's so nice to have some that we can share with the world a little bit more so I'm sure there is plenty more conversations that we can have in this way um but I wanted to ask if you wanted to um leave our listeners with just a little something you wanted to share so I've been asking the others um if they wanted to share a bit of breath work at the end and maybe a guided breathing exercise or anything at all um just for people that are maybe on their journey embarking on their journey and just share a little bit of your magic with us just to, to close off this this episode yeah I would absolutely love to thank you well over to you then Phil thank you <sighs> okay. So I'm going to invite you just to find a nice, comfortable position, whether that's sitting or lying down. If you're sitting, I will just say if anyone is listening to this while driving, maybe pause this for another time. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Before we begin, sorry to interrupt you, Phil. Let's go. <laughs> sorry. So, yes, if you're not driving, you might participate in this exercise. <laughs> uh, so, finding a comfortable position, either seated or lying down. And if you are seated, just see if you can find a way to support your head and neck, if possible. Otherwise, you can just sit with a nice straight spine. And I'm going to invite you to gently close your eyes. And just begin to take your awareness to the inside. So not needing to do anything special right now. Just beginning to feel and sense your body. And by closing our eyes, closing off to the outside world for now. And just putting anything that you need to be aware of for later up on the shelf and you can come back to it. And anything that we've spoken about also placing it on the shelf for now. Just being here now with your own body, your own soul. 
And I'm going to invite you to feel your body pressing against the chair or the bed. So feeling your back resting down. Your head is supported, just feeling the support there. Connection all the way down your back and into your hips. And if you're sitting, feeling the weight of your body resting down on the chair. And perhaps the backs of your legs. the soles of your feet connected to the earth. Also just noticing the backs of your arms or your hands, wherever they may be resting. Feeling all of the back of your body, all the way down to your feet connected to the earth. And as you feel this connection, just take a nice deep breath in and let go with a sigh. <sighs> and again, just noticing the back of your body. And I'm going to invite you to take some more deep breaths and you can visualize as you breathe in, the invitation is to breathe in through your nose, but whatever is available to you right now, you can breathe in through your mouth as well. We're going to take a nice deep breath in and as you, visualize, as you breathe in, we're going to visualize that is a really healing golden light that you're bringing in. And as you exhale with a sigh, we're going to let any negativity, any heavy energy, anything that's blocking you in your body, release down into the ground. So as you breathe in, we're going to breathe in gold and healing light all throughout your body. And as you exhale with a sigh, sending any heaviness down into the earth. Finding your own flow, breathing in golden energy. And exhaling down into the earth. As you sigh out, really just allow your body to let go. We're breathing in life and then we're letting go of life as we exhale. Letting go of anything you no longer need. And just know that this place of connection with the earth and with your body is something that you can always come back to no matter what is happening in the world. There always is a place of peace, relaxation and connection that is available for you. Whenever you come back to your body, whenever you come back, to the breath. We're going to take a final nice big breath and a sigh and just noticing how your body is feeling now. There might be some energy moving, some sensations, something might have shifted. And then when you're ready, you can gently come back and open your eyes.
Oh, wow. That was beautiful. Thank you for that, my love. I'm like, oof, I could have a bit more. I could have a bit more. <laughs> oh, I did notice, though, actually, I was holding stuff on my shoulders. And I realized, actually, when I was talking to you, there was times I felt like I was hunching as well. So it's, it's interesting to just constantly be aware, right? And the breath can just... Ah, help you have a mini reset. So thank you for that so much. You're very welcome. Pleasure. Mm -hmm. Well, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will share all of Philippa's details in the show notes. Please let us know if you have anything that resonated with you. Reach out to either of us directly and um, we'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you again, Phil. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Take care.